What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. Tonight, I would like to talk about uh, a subject that I think is kind of like at the the genesis for all of us here when it comes to collecting baseball cards. Um, and uh, the question is, uh, why do we love these things so much? Why do we love baseball cards so much? Uh, and in answering this question, I wanted to probably just kind of go through a few stories, a few memories I have as a child when it came to baseball cards and not just the cards themselves, but like the extenuating circumstances around the collecting uh, that I was engaged in. And uh, who knows, maybe this will, you know, kind of turn on something in you where it gets you to thinking and maybe <laughs> psychoanalyze yourself, I suppose, <laughs> kind of like I do myself from time to time. But, uh, you know, I've, I've shared some of these stories before. Uh, not all of them, I think. I'm probably going to go a little deeper, uh, probably a little more melancholy uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, how I grew up. And, uh, you know, and, you know, it's okay. We're all kind of screwed up, right? We all have our baggage and and all that so anyways we'll probably dive in a little bit into that and and because it there it's definitely uh um uh applicable because baseball cards were involved and i'll kind of talk about how they were so um i'll talk about the first time that i actually bought some on my own uh well or at least my parents um, when I actually liked cards. So I've, I've had, I've told the story many times before back in 1987 or so, how we were, uh, at a, uh, family friend's house and the son says, Hey mom, dad, can we go to the baseball card shop? They go, yeah, sure. So everybody went and they, he ended up getting a pack of 1987 tops. I had no idea what this was. I was probably about seven years old. No idea. Like, why would somebody collect these pictures of baseball players? I didn't really understand that completely. But, you know, the kid was getting them, so I was like, hey, mom, dad, can I get it back to you? They go, okay, sure. And uh, we go back to their house, and uh, the, the kid opens up his pack, and he gets a rookie of the year, a rookie cup card, Todd Worrell. I thought it was pretty cool. It was different than the others. It had the little gold rookie cup. Uh, in the corner and so I did the same I opened up my pack and I didn't know who these guys were but I did get a rookie cup card as well and the player was Jose Canseco now for some reason this kid was really excited about the prospect of trading rookie cup cards like he really 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 wanted to and the more excited he got, the more I started thinking, maybe this isn't such a good deal for me uh, to, to make that trade. <laughs> so I ended up uh, not trading. And we made the trek back a couple hours home. And uh, you know, I tossed the cards in the junk drawer. Not to be seen again, probably for another couple years. Just didn't know anything about it. Then I had a friend, I think, that was talking about baseball cards and got me interested in, you know, the name Jose Canseco kept coming up. Huh, okay, interesting. I think I have one of those cards. So I go in there and I find it, and I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. Uh, I actually have 
a baseball card of a player that's the best player on the planet right now, which was really neat. So I uh, ended up going uh, with my dad, I believe, to a baseball card shop. And I remember specifically that we were on our way really to kind of buying our first house and really the only house that that my family would own and it was only for about three years um but i remember it was a sunny saturday morning and everybody was like really just happy i was in the passenger seat uh dad was driving and i think we were going over to see the house that we just bought for like the first time together or whatever you know and uh nine-year-old me is really excited not necessarily uh, just because of the house, even though I thought that was pretty cool, but because I had a brand new full box, box guys, like 36 packs of 1989 tops. And I think there are about eight packs of eight men out, right? So uh, I was just happy at the prospect of being able to open these cards. It's almost like if you're a foodie, you'll connect with this, but uh, it's almost like looking forward to going to a restaurant or having a fabulous meal uh, later on down, uh, later on in the evening, or maybe the prospect of having pizza um, or a nice Mexican meal uh, in front of the television watching a fantastic movie. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of, you know, that kind of gets my endorphins kicking and that's what it did for me back when I was eight or nine was the prospect of opening my first box, the entire box of baseball cards, 36 packs, 36 pieces of gum that would, you know, cut your tongue up into a million pieces, you know, if you, <laughs> if you tried them. Uh, you know, just really, really um, an, exciting, an exciting time. So we get back to the house that we were renting, which we had been in for most of my life at that point. And I remember sitting there uh, at the kitchen table uh, or dining room table or whatever it was uh, with my uncle sitting there. Uncle Jeff, he's a tall guy. He's about 6'7", I think. Uh, my son's 6'6", so I think they're probably... <laughs> I, they, might be, uh, they might be right next to each other, like very close, but I haven't seen my uncle in, in years at this point. But um, anyway, so Uncle Jeff lived with us uh, back then. And he was sitting watching the, the carnage of the wax wrappers flying everywhere. And I remember pulling out these just incredible cards, like the Future Stars cards were probably my favorites, uh, you know, because there was uh, Greg Jeffries and Gary Sheffield and um, very aesthetically appeasing, um, appealing. It was, they're very nice looking cards, like even today, I like them. Um, I don't know if I got a Conseco card. Um, I, I don't think I did. It makes sense that I probably didn't because I remember specifically wanting to go to a baseball card shop uh, to buy one. Um, so we go to a baseball card shop down the road, uh, you know, that weekend or maybe it's a month later. I'm not really sure when. Um, but uh, the, the dealer didn't have an 89 Tops Conseco, which is funny because there's probably 2 million of them in existence, like literally, uh, <laughs> and he didn't have, even have one. Uh, and certainly, you know, not the height of Jose's, like, uh, fame. And so, kind of funny, but uh, I remember 
me just being like befuddled, like I have the money. Why doesn't he have the card? Like it doesn't make sense. It's probably my first taste of uh, of scarcity or something, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he did have an 89 score Conseco, so I quote unquote settled. Uh, which, by the way, I love the A9 scorecard. I think it's just the, I think it's the greatest. Um, but you know, the A9 tops card also. They're both really nice, iconic cards. Not worth anything, but you know, still really cool cards. Um, so I ended up buying that. Uh, so I have all of these life lessons, I guess you could say, that I've learned in going through uh, my childhood with these cards and. Uh, I've picked up a lot of lessons. I've also uh, had a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Um, you know, to kind of, uh, I've also used these as like time markers because I think I remember uh, things in my childhood significantly more clearly because of these cards I've gotten. Um, one of the things, and I don't know if I've shared this before, uh, but you know, my family, my dad actually had a janitorial business um, and he had a terrible time with his health like he had a couple of kidney transplants and just miserable uh, he passed away about three years ago uh, you know coming up in a week or so but uh, but man he just had a miserable time medically like health wise he was in and out of hospitals all the time I just you know I, I feel so terrible even you know thinking about what he had to endure when he was on earth you know really 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 bad situation but uh, my mom, also I felt terrible for because, you know, she had to really kind of step up. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very difficult, very difficult to do that when your husband is, uh, is you know, really kind of out of commission for a long, long, long time, like, you know, years at a time over the course of several decades. And uh, so anyways, what that meant was that, you know, these accounts that they had, they would clean all kinds of different types of stores uh, after hours, like super late at night. So what that meant was, uh, you know, I would have to get a sleeping bag and I would oftentimes find myself, uh, sleeping at night in a sleeping bag in the office of a meat packing company or something, or a bank or a car dealership. Um, you know, probably not the most ideal of things for any, uh, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old kid, but you know, that's kind of, what life was uh, for me. I just didn't know any difference. So, um, you know, and they would say, okay, go sleep. And I wake up at two or three in the morning or whatever. And they would, you know, uh, uh, bring me back home. And, uh, you know, that would be the day. Um, that would be the, you know, or that'd be the night basically. So, um, but the thing that made it really kind of special because I could imagine my folks probably were, uh, you know, didn't like that arrangement situation for me, but you know, you have to, you got to do what you got to do, you know? So it's, uh, it's part of it. But, um, uh, what they would do sometimes is they would get me a box of baseball cards and sometimes a box of baseball cards would be accompanied with a Beckett magazine or tough stuff or, you know, something else. And, you know, to be honest with you guys, like <laughs> those little things, uh, made my night. Like it was, it, it went from being like a sad situation, which probably a lot of people might still think that uh, from the outside looking in, to like a really happy occasion for me because I got to, 
dive into baseball cards and really lose myself in the statistics on the back, in the excitement and anticipation of what could be pulled, even though, look, I mean, have you, have you opened up a box of 1990 tops? What about a box of 1990 tops before the prospect of thinking that there was a no name on front Frank Thomas card? Uh, you know, that's kind of where I was. So it was really just pure fun without any anticipation of the chase. I mean, if, if there's a Frank Thomas card or King Griffey Jr. card that we hold or Carney Lansford or, you know, Dave Henderson or Ricky Henderson or whatever, um, I'd be happy. It'd be like a pleasant surprise, but nothing, you know, monetarily really speaking would be, I'd speak of that would be exciting back then. Uh, for those cards, but I just love the design of 90 tops and you know, they're colorful, they're bright and they're all mine, you know, 36 packs. Um, and then when you're done opening them and looking up the prices and everything, just to see, just in case there's not something that you're missing or whatever, uh, you can go into Beckett and you can read the, the articles and, and all that. So that made my night many times. Um, you know, and look, you know, I mean, that was the, the boxes didn't happen all the time because they're expensive. They're like $15. Um, and we didn't really have $15 a whole lot of time just to do this sort of thing. So it was a treat whenever it happened and it'd be exciting. I remember also just like little times of, you know, when I was sick and we had, uh, we were driving around and, uh, my folks, uh, popped into a baseball card shop and gave me uh, three rack packs of 1989 Fleer, uh, 75 cents each. Kind of funny, I still remember the pricing of these cards like 30 plus years later, but uh, <laughs> but I do, you know. And uh, you know that was that was something that really stuck out to me, just how, in spite of the fact that I was feeling pretty miserable myself at the time, um, baseball cards kind of helped uh, the healing process, <laughs> you know? Um, I also remember going to a baseball card shop with a, uh, uh, the intent of buying a 1990 Fleer box. And I think it ended up being uh, $18. And there's an A's Brewers game on, I think. And I believe the Brewers were just whooping up on the A's, you know, much to my uh, dis dissatisfaction. But, um, you know, and getting the box and remembering like, this is a really cool box, but not super exciting because like the borders are just white, you know, and just no real crazy design um, to them. But, you know, the the prospect of getting a Dave Justice or Kevin Moss, you know, I mean, really cool, really cool stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's obviously other neat cards in 90 Flair as well, but for the most part, they're just really kind of a, it's really kind of just a boring set, you know, but, uh, Again, the nostalgia. Um, another thing I remember. Um, I mean, I just have so many of these memories, guys. Like, it's just, it's fun to remember and to actually, like, kind of say this stuff out loud. But um, anyways, another thing was, uh, you know, uh, one of our cats died. And, man, I was crushed. And so what medicine was I given to, to help heal? Baseball cards. I got a box of 1990 Donners, you know. <laughs> it's like uh, at every turn there was a way to uh, to make me feel better. There were a lot of things that uh, went on in my childhood that you know they're they're very difficult 
Um, and I'm very thankful to God for, for uh, baseball cards in general just because they help so much. Um, one big uh, lesson, which was kind of a, kind of a downer, I guess, but uh, I went to this uh, one school where uh, the school decided to allow, it was 1991, I think, if I remember correctly, um, the school allowed us to do a student-run baseball card show. And so I asked my mom and dad if they would, uh, you know, foot me the, the money to, you know, invest, me, invest in me uh, and back, in, back me up on uh, getting a box of uh, 91 Tops and Donruss and Score and Fleer uh, and, you know, set up at this baseball card show where I could sell the packs. And I remember ultimately what happened was, while I was really excited about this, like my chance to be a dealer, you know, like uh, how exciting and how fabulous this kind of feeling was um, and the anticipation of it all, like setting up and being able to, to put the lip of the wax box in the back of the packs like the dealers do, you know. And uh, come find out, you know, later on as the show went on, uh, many of these uh, bullies at the school uh, really kind of bullied me, bullied me into uh, selling a lot of these cards for you know, quite a bit less than what I had bought them for. And uh, it stung really badly. Like it really hurt because I felt like I was uh, getting robbed and couldn't do anything about it. And uh, you know, it, was, it was a tough situation. Um, but it was also a very good lesson early on to, you know, say, you know, that you really got to kind of stick to your guns regardless of how much you might feel bullied and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, do business, you know? And so it was a, a very, very bitter pill to swallow as an 11 year old and, uh, you know, not anything that I would want for any child to go through, <laughs> you know, uh, because like I said, I just felt like I was being robbed right in front of me and I couldn't do anything about it, you know. Um, but, you know, with that, lessons came. And uh, I remember uh, what happened the next year or two into another school when we moved, because we moved all over the place. Uh, it was interesting because... Uh, I was in like a really bad situation um, in another state uh, with a lot of kids that just did not like the new newcomer, <laughs> which was me. And uh, so, yeah, it was a, it was a difficult situation again. Like I just, uh, <laughs> all the way up until high school, I just had a pretty miserable existence. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so it was, it was really difficult. But, uh, but one thing that I did that helped me, um, was I would take all of my money and I would go to the corner store and pick up packs of sports cards, um, baseball, basketball, and football. And I would stuff them in my Trapper Keeper in my backpack and everything. And I'd bring them to school and I would sell them for a very hefty profit uh, for all of the boys, uh, you know, lunch, uh, uh, lunch money. And, you know, I made quite a bit of money that year in seventh grade uh, doing that. And uh, it was uh, it was something that, like I said, I got bullied a lot just uh, because I was the new kid and, and all this, but I still, at the very least, I was able to make money. And 
<laughs> and come to find out one of my customers, uh, and I've talked about this before, uh, is uh, uh, my son's youth pastor now, um, which is really kind of neat. And so uh, we call him Chang, we, we all love Chang. And uh, he uh, stopped me in Atticus at a baseball card show about seven, eight, nine years ago and said, hey, listen, I don't know if you remember me or not, but I used to buy basketball cards from you in junior high. <laughs> which is really kind of a fun thing. And uh, so anyways, you know, another another story was kind of, kind of fun. Um, and I feel like it was me really trying to shed this, this shame or this guilt I had for uh, selling for too cheap uh, these cards that I, that I got at the card show or that I, you know, set up at the school card show. But uh, I remember taking my dad around, well, my dad actually taking me around to a baseball card show uh, here in Houston, and uh, I think it was in Houston, if I remember correctly. Maybe it was, maybe it was back in California, um, but it doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, so what I did was we're going from table to table, and I end up picking up a few 1952 Topps baseball cards from one dealer. I don't remember the exact pricing on these. I think it was about twenty dollars, and I remember my dad saying, you know, hey. Uh, Okay, I think you know what you're doing, but wow, that's a lot of money. And I said, okay, well, hey, just watch. And so I buy uh, the two cards for $20. And I end up about five minutes later going to another table down the next row selling them for $45. And it was a fun thing to be able to do in front of my dad and for him to witness that and him going, oh my gosh, my son is a kid just made 25 bucks in a couple minutes off of dealers, you know? And uh, it was fun to be able to develop that skill as a kid, you know? And, and speaking of being a, a business kid, uh, so to speak, I remember having a number of wax boxes uh, and putting up an advertisement and saying, you know, hey, I think it was in a newspaper or something where I said, I buy and sell baseball cards. And I was probably about 13 at this time. And I, this one guy reaches out to me and he's like, hey, I'm interested. Can we meet at the Jack in the Box? Um, and I go, well, you know, ask my mom and uh, dad. I say, hey, is this okay? Of course, I'm gonna have to have you drive me because I am years and years away from a license. But uh, they said, okay, sure. So they drive me up there and I meet this guy, he's probably in his 30s or 40s, and I'm just a 13-year-old you know, kid, and I have like my best turtleneck on and everything to do business with and everything. And uh, so we sit there and uh, you know, he buys a few wax boxes and uh, I make a little bit of money that way and just kind of a, a really fun situation. It was just kind of a, uh, I was thinking, you know, like, wow, the advertisement works. You know, like if you do it right, like you can, you can actually get some sort of uh, traction um, advertising and uh, you know it, if I stuck through it uh, my entire teenage career um, <laughs> career of being a teenager <laughs> uh, I probably would have done way better uh, but you know as most everybody um, during that time period I you know ended up getting more involved into you know friends and girls and church and everything like that so uh, baseball cards kind of uh, went by the wayside, but not before I did one other deal that I remember where I was, uh, 
um, kind of se semi sort of friends with a guy that was uh, definitely, hmm, definitely not the type of guy that I would normally hang out with. Like he had like a really big, you know, he'd always wear this massive jacket and had his ear pierced and he was like, you know, 16, which seemed like years and years older than me. And we got to talking about uh, baseball cards and he heard about my collection and uh, he goes, oh, wow, okay, well, I've got a friend that is really into uh, baseball cards as well. You should bring your cards over. We'll see if we can trade. Go, okay, sure. So I ended up going home and, and the, the guy came with me and we loaded up our backpacks of my cards to bring over. And these cards are like uh, factory sets of 1988 score, 1990 Donruss, 1991 Fleer. Uh, back then, they were cool cards. Now they're still cool, but they're you know absolutely uh, considered junk wax era cards. So you know there's <laughs> there's millions of each made, right? So uh, I go over there and they're telling me, come to find out, his uh, his friend is like a legit man, like he's engaged to be married. I'm thinking, man, these two guys are like significantly older than me. And uh, I'm getting a feeling that they think they're taking advantage of me here. Uh, <laughs> but thing is, is like I breathe uh, cardboard. Like I, uh, there was nothing else I really cared about at this point. So anyways, they pull out their cards and they have a lot of 1952, 53, 54 tops baseball cards. They were beat up. But I go, man, I love these cards in the 50s. And uh, really excited about the, the opportunity, the possibility of trading some of my new cards where it seemed like everybody had them for these old cards that were like decades older than me. And even older than my folks, you know? So I ended up doing a deal where I think the vast majority of my factory sets uh, left uh, in exchange for, uh, you know, this, this small hoard of 52, 53, 54 top baseball cards. And, uh, you know, nothing, obviously no like Mickey Mantles or Willie Mays or anything like that. Uh, many of them are commons, but still uh, I got a tremendous value out of them, which I ended up selling them for multiples more. Uh, many years later than I would have been able to have gotten for the for the factory sets. And I remember as I'm doing a deal with these guys, them looking at each other like, like, we got one over on this kid. And I just remember thinking like, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, ended up, uh, you know, making that deal. And it was just like a really good deal. And I think that maybe what sharpened and heightened my senses is that you know bad experience of being uh you know uh, uh elementary school dealer at the card show at my school um so anyways i mean this is kind of like a and it's a hodgepodge of different stories or whatever but um as i'm telling you these it's kind of fun to reminisce you know for the good and bad i mean you know i had a lot of both of them uh for sure but uh you know, many of them I won't be able to go go into here on a baseball card podcast, but uh, but it, it was fun. Um, it's fun to reminisce and actually like say these things out loud. Um, 
and you know maybe pinpoint a few things to uh, you know say okay maybe this is why I'm this way <laughs> you know uh, psychoanalyze myself while I'm uh, going through this this would be like a, a self therapy session for myself I guess this podcast would be but uh, in any event um, I just want to um, I just wanted to kind of run through a few things because uh, you know it's it's funny because this hobby is wildly different to me now uh, based on what I go for based on what I collect and how obsessed I am with certain cards um, and it really all started with uh, you know the packs of 89 Donners and score that mom would pick up for me uh, you know every time she'd go to Target uh, or uh, the anticipation of you know really kind of hating every every week day like just hating school and everything that came with it but being so excited about the promise for Saturday when mom and dad would take me to the baseball card shop and I'd have my allowance and I'd be able to pick up some cards every single week and uh, you know thinking that you know the the cards are different these days I'm not going after uh, a factory set of 89 score though every now and then I do have a hankering y'all of like uh, getting a run of factory sets again or wax boxes or like even the classic sets uh, a7 classic 88 classic and and all that uh, you know they they're more memories than anything and they're cards that I don't typically really care about picking up again just because I know that every collection from here on out that I buy there will be some of those and if I truly want them they're always accessible you know um, but like turning a corner as an adult like into really looking into uh, vintage cards and you know where the the guys on the the front of these pieces of cardboard are Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb and Cy Young, Sheila's Joe Jackson, Walter Johnson, Christy Matthews, Christy Matthewson. You know, there's there's so many of these cards that I look at now, thinking, man, as a kid, I literally, I'm kidding you, not at all, that I literally uh, would not have even dreamed of having these cards. And I think that's probably part of the excitement and the amazement of being able to get these as well. Uh, because I saw many of these cards I have now that would grace the covers of the annual price guides or magazines I would see at the at the uh, grocery store uh, on the front. You know, like they were the the pillars, the the cards that uh, would be at the you know New York Metropolitan Museum. The cards that, in my mind, could just as easily take the place of the Mona Lisa. You know, and uh, and so it's fun to be able to uh, see that kind of common thread go through from, you know, when I was uh, nine uh, to what I'm now 41. Um, and I think all these steps had to happen for me to get into a position where I could be comfortable with uh, looking through these cards, looking for these cards and, uh, you know, be able to say confidently that they're uh, uh, good investments. So there's like no guilt or anything of like overpaying or, or, you know, not sure if they're real or, you know, whatever. Um, 
And uh, so it's kind of fun to see that maybe the seeds that were planted uh, back in 1989 of 88 score, uh, 87 tops, A9 Bowman, you know, of course, I guess you have to say that. <laughs> uh, those seeds that were planted have bloomed now into uh, some T206 uh, Thai cobs and, you know, 1915 Cracker Jack, Jules Joe Jackson. And, you know, some baby roots and that sort of thing. Um, it's kind of fun to think of it that way um, because it never really ever got to be uh, something where it was like literally just business. Like it's always been a part of my like heart and soul uh, from the time of it being about uh, 1988 Donruss, rookie Greg Jeffries to, you know, to now. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of fun. It's because like the cards back then versus what you get now, they don't necessarily look like each other, but you can definitely tell there's a, a common theme that goes all the way through. And, you know, God willing, I'll be collecting still, uh, you know, for decades to come. Um, and who knows what that will look like down the road. Who knows what cards they'll make in the next several years. It'll be fun to watch. But uh, yeah, we're, we're very blessed with a, you know, fantastic hobby and so many ways that we could collect, so many ways we, we can have fun. And uh, yeah, and so it's just kind of fun to uh, stop for a while, take a breather and reminisce about where, where we've been. Um, so I guess that's, uh, that's about it for today. Um, I've got many other stories, of course, and maybe I'll, you know, share some more later. Uh, in a future podcast, but for now, I guess that's it. Uh, so thank you as always for listening. And I hope you have a fantastic day.